0: Welcome to T over Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. I'm Dee. And I'm Alicia. And welcome back to another episode of Tea over Interiors. We are so excited to be with you guys today. I was going to say see you, but I can't see you guys. So excited to be with you guys today. On today's episode, Alicia is going to lead the conversation because we are talking about her favorite subject with <laughs> investment properties.
1: Or oh. just properties that need work. Renovation. Oh. But we are talking about investment properties. But my favorite topic is remodeling and renovating and restoring.
0: Okay. But today we're talking about investment properties, right? Right. All right. Very good. Okay. Before we get to that, girl, you know, I need to know what you're sipping on. me. I have brown
1: sugar bourbon tea. It is delicious. It is actually a very creamy, caramelly blend. It has vanilla and hints of apple and caramel. And more importantly, a little bit of hazelnut. You know I like hazelnut. That's what David's Tea, girl. What That's you for- sipping on?
0: So I'm sipping on s'mores chai from david's tea girl it is sweet toasted marshmallow aroma with warming notes of cinnamon and graham crackers it does taste like a s'mores it tastes like a s'mores like i'm sipping a s'mores in liquid form it's good i like it i approve but you know what i did to make it even extra special i took my frother and added some coconut milk and I frosted it up and put it on top of that bad boy. It made me a latte. Mm. Nah. Can you see my little, little froth mustache right there?
1: I can see that. I can
0: see. Oh my
1: goodness. I gotta have fun with the tea, girl. Gotta have fun. See
0: he- See so, you guys. So, it's time for the Have you ever heard of Margaret... Redkin. No, ma'am. Well, let me tell you about Margaret. Margaret founded Pepperidge Farm. Oh, really? You know, the cookies, crackers, breads, dessert? Yep. It all started in 1937 when her youngest son, Mark, became very malnourished and ill. Mm-hmm. And everything she fed him, he just wasn't getting nutrition from it. So the doctor was like, you know, he was to something. He said, give him whole foods and no more processed foods. So she was like, OK, because back then people was having like this, this disease called, oh, it starts with a P. And it's when you don't have enough vitamin B. But like, anyway, you know, this is around the time where a lot of things were manufactured mm-hmm. and white bread was becoming popular. But unfortunately, it lost all its nutrition because they removed the the husk from the wheat. That's how you get the white bread. But that's where the nutrients are. So anyway, she decided she would try to make her son all this delicious food to try to help him, you know, gain his weight back and his health, bring him back to health. And she tried to bake some bread from her grandmother's recipe, came out like a brick. But she kept at it. She kept at it. She kept at it. Finally, she made some whole wheat bread that had all the nutrients in it and she let the doctor try it. And the doctor said, "Ooh, this is delicious. So he wanted some for his patients. So he told her to make sure she fed it to her son and she did. And his appetite came back and he came back healthy and strong. So end of story, right? Nope. Martha kept baking that bread because the doctor was selling it to his patients. They thought it was so good. It got in the hands of somebody who worked on wall street. He started selling it. And then before she knew it, she couldn't keep up with the orders. She was a very savvy lady that Martha Rudkin. they tried to buy her out. They tried to hostess this who makes wonder bread. Yeah. They tried to get her recipe by using the wartime effort to get the information because they had to give rations back then. But she she slipped right around that. I watched this show last night. It was about the foods that made America. That's why I'm talking about it because I thought it was so interesting. Hmm. Long story short, Margaret Rutkin, she made Pepperidge Farm. Everything was her idea. Those cookies, the, the names of everything because she would go to Europe a lot. And she would bring back their fancy delicacies and, you know, the goldfish cookies, that was an idea that she got from Norway or something like that. A lot of the things she did was cutting it and it wasn't what people were used to, but they really liked it. And so mm. she eventually did sell her company to Campbell Soup for $28 million. Did she? Okay. Mm-hmm. She became the first woman to serve on his board of directors. Mm. So, the name Pepper's Farm came from her farm that she lived on. With her family, 123 acre property in Fairfield, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a very interesting story, so I thought I'd share today for my randomness. I like it. So So let's move on to today's topic. Okay. So Alicia. You text me today and you said that you wanted to talk about investment properties and how to get the best out of your renters slash tenants.
1: So yeah, I went to meet with one of my investors today that I usually assist in, you know, making some choices for remodel prior to, you know, when the tenant leaves and then they're going to rent it. And of course, the goal is to get more money, especially if the tenant had been in that Apartment for a really long time, or a house. A lot of my investors that I work with, they are renting single-family homes, or townhomes, or duplexes. You know, but they're basically they they function like single-family homes. They have outdoor spaces. They've got front yards. You know, they're they're fairly nice in size, twelve hundred sometimes to two thousand square feet. So today's exercise really kind of prompted me to think about some of our listeners who may actually have investment properties that they need to prepare or change or get ready, or maybe they're thinking about buying something so that they could rent it. And I wanted to talk about the most important decisions and how to spend the money, where to spend the money, and what needs to be done. I think you and I discussed this a little earlier, Dee, but we talked about how you may have a tenant at one point and you were renting from someone and they really didn't take the extra care to make that place feel like a home. They may have just thought of it as a rental and it wasn't current. It may may have been a little dated, may not have had all of the little finer details that you would have wanted if you were living in a home. And I think this is the consciousness that a landlord has to have nowadays or an investor. They have to think about This may be that person's home for 10 years. Like they may really stay here a long time. They may not want to own a house. So in order to get the very best bang for your buck or the best, obviously the best rent, how is it that you want to create this space that will feel like a home? And some of the ideas that I think a lot of people may overlook are things like changing the the moldings or the casings around the doors and the windows. A lot of times in very simple homes, you'll just see a clamshell molding, and it's not a bad idea to kind of step it up a little bit and create a very nice molding around the space, so that around the the windows and the doors to make it feel a little bit more elegant. And then if you give it a nice paint, a nice high gloss or even you want to do a semi-gloss, but you do want to make a difference between the casings and the molding and the wall finish, the paint on the wall. That is really ideal if you can do it. Do it in an eggshell if you're kind of concerned about marks on the walls and not having to paint it every couple of years. I do all of my paint in a flat finish, but a lot of people don't want to do that because they do think that it's going to be more easily scuffed and marked, and it, it is true. It definitely would mark easily. D, what do you think about the moldings for a rental? I
0: think, I'm sorry, my, my throat. I think that's a good point, that's helpful, but I'm not sure if people have that level of detail. I think that, not to, not, to, not to offend anyone out there, but I think what's most important that helps a house look like it's been renovated or at least taken care of, would be the molding, the base moldings. Take a look at your base moldings. Are they chipped in any way? Do they look like they have blobs of paint on them? Because that could be an inexpensive thing to replace. So I would say, yes, moldings are important. The thresholds, the thresholds and the moldings.
1: If they're going to beef up the molding, like let's say they have very small, hopefully they have more than two or three inch baseboards. A really nice baseboard is about five to six for me. And a little bit of extra detail at the top, if you can, a little profile, something kind of nice that terminates at the moldings around the door or the jams. So yeah, you you think it's a, it's a thing that people might overlook.
0: Yeah, I think the doors they may, but by the floor, because a lot of people look at the floor. So I think the floor moldings are very important to look around the floor edges, make sure everything looks clean. Definitely giving that a deep clean around the edges and the corners. Because just that cleaning and taking care to make sure no paint was spilled and puddled anywhere. You know, taking a serious detailed look around there. That can make all the difference in your property. Even if your floors are not in the latest style. But they've been refinished if they're wood. They've been refinished and they look nice. But maybe they're the smaller plank wood, whatever. As long as around the edges of the floor, the moldings and things like that. I think as long as all of that looks very, very clean and crisp and the lines are very sharp, then it will actually help to make your place look well manicured and taken care of. Yeah, I think your tenants will want to take care of it also because it doesn't look, you know, it looks like you've kept it up. So instead of getting everything redone, taking care of those finer details and really the cleanliness and the paint is a very big deal. The cleanliness... That will make all the difference when you are, you know, sprucing up your place to be rented again. I think when it comes to molding, yeah, you're right. Even the doors, yeah, because I once you think- do the floors and then the doors, it will. And if you use more than just a flat panel door, and oh. I thought about, wait, what is it? Not a flat panel, the slab. Those slab doors.
1: Oh if yeah.
0: The door a little stepped up from raised panel. Yeah, if you use a better door, than those thin doors that are hollow inside and your tenants can break easily if they get into an argument or whatever but a door with a little more heft to it that looks a little bit you know the tenants you talking about but anyway let's talk about the next thing but bang i've seen places i bet
1: mm-hmm. so guess what i'm dealing in like a lot of the properties that i'm talking about are residential they're houses they're not apartment buildings so i think the type of tenant that you want to encourage if you can. I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, rent to a lower income tenant, you know, because everybody needs a place to live. But if you're trying to get $3,000 a month or more, then you're looking at a certain tenant. I'm just trying to tell you that you need not to be doing like cheap stuff. I think that's the whole reason for the conversation. I don't want people to think that they could get away doing the cheapest, quickest, easiest, bootlegged great thing. So for people who are not in the New York market and they're in a more, a little bit more realistic market where everybody is coming, they're going to need to get their places ready for the consumer, the person who wants to live comfortably, but they don't want to be a homeowner. And those are the people that I see flocking here. And those are the people who investors are getting ready for. And I'm getting ready myself so that I can be in the position to to make some money. You know, folks are coming here looking for places to live. And there are a great many properties in my area and the surrounding areas. And I think what is helping, I'm helping my investors to make more money is just by raising the bar a little bit. I'm not doing the builder grade stuff. The builder grade stuff is very, very easy. Anybody can do that. Like you said, there's a section at Home Depot. You don't even need, you know, you don't need to think that hard about it. But we're doing fixtures. We're doing light fixtures and really nice tiles.
0: So let me Tile. ask you this. Let me ask mm-hmm. you this. Mm-hmm. What's the average price for for these upgrades? What are you telling homeowners that they should spend on average to upgrade their rental in order and how much of a return are they getting on this rental? We to know the return.
1: Yeah, the return on the investment, you mean what percentage or how much are they what 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 do you want to know specifically?
0: What's their ROI? What's their return? So if they spend 10 grand on upgrades, that they normally would not have. They would have just gotten Build-A-Grade stuff. What, how much more are they able to raise their rent?
1: $800 over what they used to get. That's what's happening now. I don't know what was happening last year, but right now they're able to get eight to $900 more than they were getting last year this time per month.
0: So if they spend 10000 then they don't make it up in a year. How much are these upgrades costing?
1: It's very seldom costing them $10,000 more. It's probably costing them about $2,000 more.
0: Okay. $2,000 more than they normally would to upgrade.
1: That is correct.
0: Okay. So now that's a good return.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what they say. So that's why I'm trying to drop some pearls of wisdom. So other than really higher end, very nice. And you can still go to Home Depot and Lowe's to buy these, but you don't have to buy, what does my friend call them? The boob lights? You know? Don't buy those, okay?
0: Oh, yeah, the boob lights. I hate those. Right.
1: You could buy a a really, really nice light fixture that really elevates the space and helps people, the LED lights. You can really make it special. So anyway, other than light fixtures, you really want to paint the walls, I say, one consistent color throughout the space. There's no need to have different colors in different rooms. I don't even like that for my residential design clients. I think one very neutral, very nice color. Now, I have one investor who only uses Nucor for his flooring material, whether it's a Nucor luxury vinyl that looks like wood for the common areas or one that looks like a stone for the bathroom and the hallways and the kitchen. So the core product is definitely a little bit better for tenants because it really can take a beating. So this is luxury vinyl. It could look like a wood or it could look like a stone or some type of a tile product. Those really take a beating. And if there's a leak, you're not there watching the property. You don't know what kind of water stains or if it can sit there for a while or if the tenant has gone on vacation. So you do want to think about you, it's very expensive. It's a lot more expensive than putting down ceramic or a, a porcelain tile, but it doesn't crack like those do. But it's, it, not,
0: it's waterproof, right?
1: It's waterproof. It's a luxury vinyl. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I recommend those. Not the walls. This is the flooring now.
0: What else do you want to tell people renting their property? So a few things that they learned was that if they spend a little bit more on their flooring, then their flooring will let, wear better. That's right. Over the years of having Tenet because it's waterproof and scuff proof, right? Right.
1: Well, I don't know about the scuff proof thing. The waterproofing and the cracking and the, you know, the stuff that happens to regular tiles and real wood, you don't have to worry about that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but look, right. the other thing is, so you got your walls. Well, how do you feel about backsplash in a in a rental? Cuz this is a house now. This is not, you know, an at apartment, a park, right?
0: I mean, they do backsplashes in the high-end apartments now. That cost about the same amount as the houses, right? Right. Uh, And they have all the amenities and gyms and things like that. We talked about that before. But uh, You think backsplashes are a necessity or no? I think if you want to keep your space looking clean and easier for you to come in and clean up after a tenant to rent it out again, you might, you probably want to do a backsplash.
1: And so what if they just did like a a wipeable paint surface, like a, you know, like a gloss
0: I'm sorry. Those wipeable paint surfaces after a while, that grease does not come off if your tenant did not care. Mm -hmm. So you're
1: talking about mostly behind the stove?
0: Yeah, behind the stove. Because behind the sink, I mean, you're not going to get too much. You know, normally the countertop comes up and has its own backsplash. Sometimes depending on what type of countertop they're putting in, right? Mm -hmm. They're probably putting in a laminate or a foreign or something which comes with a lot of times they come with a backsplash right well they do that comes up further that's right i don't think it's necessary okay i think open snow for grease but the other areas i don't think so okay what do you think
1: i I agree with you i think in in a higher end rental it's a little bit more expected and it's a nice to have but it's not something that i pressure you know
0: it's got to match the price of the house yeah like you said
1: Right. right But what's the last thing? I, I just encountered a fireplace this time. I don't always encounter fireplaces, wood burning, I mean. Sometimes there are gas ones, but I don't always encounter fireplaces. And this one was a, a stone wall, the whole wall was stone. Just want to make sure that sort of thing is really clean. I don't encourage people to, landlords, to redo fireplaces in a rental. I've seen a lot of them paint them if they're brick, but to spend the money on it, the, the, the tenant may or may not have an interest in that, may not use it ever, may not care about it. You know, it kind of really depends on the tenant. I rented my first property years ago, an apartment building in East Orange that had a wood burning fireplace, and I loved it. It was fantastic. That is uncommon. You know, that is a a luxury. It's not something that you typically see. It was a very old pre-war building. Very nice. Have you ever seen a fireplace in a building? Like, you know, 10 stories high? Wood burning? I have to think about that and get back
0: to you. Yeah, I can't think right now. I I want to ask you as far as maintenance, you know, because fireplaces can have their own hazards. That's right. So as a landlord, would you want them to take on that hazard or would you want them, would you encourage them to convert it to a non-working fireplace? A
1: lot of people do that, especially in New York and I lived in Jersey city back in the day and they were just, they would, they would make it a non-functioning, non-working fireplace just so that they wouldn't have the liability. But like I said, today was the first time in a long time I encountered a real wood-burning fireplace. And, you know, it's a single-family home, so it's understandable. But I didn't give much advice on that except the aesthetics of it, you know, the front of it, to clean it up and make it look a little bit better. But I don't know. Uh That's a hard one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, what else? That they should upgrade the bathroom for the
1: time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't not, not So I don't think it's as serious as when you're going to sell the property. I'll put it to you this way. If you want to rent for high dollar, you should have your bathroom and your kitchens done. Bathrooms and kitchens sell houses and they also sell rentals, you know what I mean? Like you really want it to be current. People will feel like it's clean. They will feel like it is someplace they want to live. They don't have to be high end. They just have to be clean, clean,
0: clean. Yeah, I encourage that. It doesn't matter if you still have some grout left in the, the tile. That's not the point. If the bathroom huh? over... Grout left in the tile? Just listen to the rest of the story. It <laughs> doesn't matter how much you clean that bad boy. Try and make it look white again. If it's over 10 years old the bathroom. re Get it. Get it redone. done Take that out. Because a lot of times, behind, especially in the shower area, a lot of times, mold is coming through. Mm-hmm. If you went into that bathroom... And that grout is black or has any mark- black markings, there's already a leak happening. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and at least redo the the shower area because that's the part where they're going to shower. That's the part that needs to feel the cleanest, you know? Right. So at least do the shower surround and make sure everything is still waterproof back there because every 10 10- Water is very damaging. And yep. You have to make sure that everything back there is good. Don't think just because, oh, it looked, when you looked at it, it looked like it had grout and everything looked okay. And you just think you need to go to the store and buy some toilets because your tenants were dirty. No, your tenants are dirty if the, if the grout was white and it's a little brown, not black because mm-hmm. <laughs> brown is soap scum and that should come up easily when you spray the stuff on it. That should come up nice and easy. But if you see them black and you got to put bleach. And you can at least soak it and soak it to try to get it clean again. Hello, it's time. Right, leak happening. Right. It's time. Just redo that for the new tenants.
1: That's it's right. It's not
0: going to you much. You can even go ahead and change to the jacuzzi type of surround that that has antimicrobial properties. It's guaranteed not to leak. They use it in the hotels, not the bath fitter stuff, the higher end stuff that lasts longer. <laughs> you could use that, or if you are going to tile. But a lot of people will tell you, you know, tile is a lot of upkeep inside a shower surround. Mm-hmm. You could use tile. But if you do know that every 10 to 12 years, you need to redo it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: You don't like you said, you don't have to do anything fancy. See, I mean, it's just some tile. Just buy the most current tile that still matches with the outside of the tiles, and make sure those are good, too, and still look nice and regrout them as needed. But, you know, get something that works with it or the same tile. If it doesn't match, just pull all of it out and just redo it. But it shouldn't cost you much because you're a landlord and you have the people that work with you right. every time you you get these properties ready. So, you know, you know, the labor costs, you know, it's not going to be much. So, you know, because you're just going to buy a vanity. That's right. One of the, the It's of
1: the place. same one. It's the same vanity all the time. You know, depending on the size of the space. It's the same tile all the time. Even my investor today, we went it we just went with the same tile we always use, the same luxury vinyl. We went with a different paint color because of the positioning of the house and how much sunlight came in there. And you know, there were some real reasons. Also the color of the kitchen cabinets. We did not upgrade. The cabinets had been done in 2014, so they were in very good shape. It just needed a good cleaning. But The color of the walls changed from like the last six properties we did just because it was a very different type of a space. It was more wood. There was more green space around the house. It just felt different. So we changed the color. Not common, but like I said, I always do one color throughout the whole space. What about the hardscaping and landscaping around the property? I personally think it really needs to be inviting, but low maintenance. You don't want, you do not want to create a burden for your tenant, where they don't want to go outside and take care of stuff, or they're embarrassed because they didn't get a chance to go out and take care of stuff, so they're embarrassed to to have company or for people to visit. Now,
0: I don't but think that's what land- is going to take is going to keep up the landscaping, though.
1: Okay, I don't think that it is wise, and I live in a in a community where everyone. Has a single family house and they're big houses and it's nice. I have two houses that are rented in my block or on my, my street, and the landlord, and this is not uncommon, will make it the responsibility of the tenant to mow the lawn. If you are in the position financially where you can rent not a twin, not a side-by-side, but a single-family home, very often the landlord makes you responsible for the landscape. So
0: Really? Mm.
1: Very often. If it's a single family home, not attached to anyone else, if it's, you know, you are responsible. I think it's very important for the landlord to create a space that is just shrubbery. It doesn't require a lot of maintenance. In the spring, things come up and go, you know, die back that don't need pruning. Don't need a lot of work unless you're going to have a landscaper or someone who goes out and takes care of that property when they take care of other property. OK, so if you're a landlord, I, actually, it's my recommendation. If you're a landlord and you're doing a single family house, please take care of the property, the outside Send a landscaper, send somebody to cut the grass. Or I'm telling you that the people who live around them, live around your house, they're going to be annoyed. I'm annoyed because the people next door don't get out there. I have a guy who comes to cut my grass every week during the summer and the spring. These people, I don't even know if they do it once a month and it just looks raggedy. But what uh, I
0: understand is why the landlord didn't build that into the price of the rental to have the landscapers come to make sure the property always looks good because out here... If you don't cut your lawn, if you don't take your property, the, the the town will come with a complaint, They'll come, they'll mow it and send you a bill.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm with you on that. I think they should do it. I think it should just be part of the responsibility of the landlord and they just make the tenant pay for it. If you want a house of that caliber, you just need to know that it's going to cost. So.
0: Yeah, I think it should just be included with the rent. They should yeah, put it. Not always. I'm just telling you how the reality of it. I've yeah, no. I'm just saying, just to make sure they don't have any. Issues. I agree. I agree. You don't want problems with your neighbors because they will. I agree. They will. In some places, your neighbors <laughs> will make it. They'll no call every-
1: on you. Yup. Yeah.
0: So, so that's it. Here, yeah. Good time. So yeah. we will see you guys next week. I got to run. I got a client to catch. So. Okay. <laughs> you see you guys next week take care guys thanks so much for listening bye. Bye. love you as always bye. yes we do bye, bye. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. We'll see you next week. Nice
1: job, ladies. Carry on.